Today's passage is from 1 Peter, it's chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you are called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brad. I, I really appreciate just reading of the Word of God. It, it, it focuses our brain. It tenderizes our heart. I love hearing the stories that I'm hearing about some of you who are reading in your homes and lifting up the Word of God in big ways. I, I love hearing the stories with our 90-day challenge to read through the Gospels and, and how people are responding in faith to that. It's encouraging. I have the sense that God is doing something, and I'm excited about it. I, I, my desire is that you're sensing that too, that you see God at work in some really cool ways and that your, your heart is leaning into it. And I just, I got to believe that the God's word is true, and he's coming back for his bride, maybe today, if not today, tomorrow, maybe the end of the week. I hope by the time my daughters start dating, Jesus, come. <laughs> God is doing some really cool things, and it's, it's exciting to see that. You know, we're looking at a, a historical situation where the church is starting to grow, and they're starting to hear these men and women who were with the risen Savior, and they're responding in faith to this message of people who witnessed Jesus raised from the dead, and they're, they're surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, and they're loving it. And while they're doing that, some of their family members are saying, no, 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 not for us. That's, no, we don't do that. And for others, their community said, nope, not here, that won't happen. And then the government came in and they said, you know, we don't recognize this Jesus, these Jesus followers as a legitimate religion. So you need to say that Caesar is Lord. And if they didn't, then they would burn them alive, they'd crucify them, they'd send them to a Colosseum situation where they'd be attacked and murdered by wild animals. And that's the situation that we find the church in when Peter is giving them this message. And what I have found very interesting is how Peter encourages the church and how he challenges them to go to that next level. And you heard that even last week with Pastor Matt. I mean, um, that, was, that was a hard passage where, where Peter is telling the church, you know what? Be subject to authorities in your life. And some of those authorities aren't going to be good. And as I already described, we recognize how bad they were. Surrender to them because this is a spiritual discipline. And as we learn to, to be subject 
to authority here on earth, we learn to be subject to the authority in heaven. And that's a spiritual discipline and a practice we need to have. And as, as Pastor Matt shared it, I, my heart got convicted as I was watching it and um, just very encouraged and challenged. And I, I hope you are too. Today, we're moving on in that passage, and I'm going to ask you a different question, and then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you the question to just kind of throw it out there and let it linger kind of in, in, in the palate of your heart for a moment, and uh, you'll see what I mean. And the question is this, you ready? How's your love life? Well, let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, we love you. And we do thank you and praise you. And we ask, Almighty God, that you would be lifted up and exalted. And even today, as we celebrate Valentine's Day, we celebrate the love that you have given us. And Lord, the love that you have given us that has transformed us. And this transformational love that you have given us, that we would take it out into the world. That we wouldn't just hide it. Uh, Lord, in our homes, we wouldn't hide it in private, but we would live it out in every area of our life because we are being transformed in a way that we can't, we can't not do it. So Lord, move in this place. And Almighty God, as we consider the desire to love life, Lord, let it be the right kind. Don't let us get caught up in the do's and don'ts of the flesh but, Lord, that we would know to walk in the Spirit and that even today we would maybe even have a, a greater sense of how to walk in the Spirit. And, Lord, even now as I'm praying, I just, I, I have to pray this way, Lord. I, there may be some folks here today who have been going through the motions for a long time, and, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that, that you would invade them that you would invade hearts even today, almighty God, that you would speak into those hearts, that those hearts would be warm and open to you, that you would be received today. And maybe, Lord, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, Lord. I, I pray for that uh, even now. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in this place for your glory? And it's in Jesus Christ's precious and holy, holy, holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, how's your love life? Well, that's the question, but it comes out of a, a passage, and we're going to be in a few different passages before we really dig in to 1 Peter, but I wanted you to see this, and it says this, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. And just at first blush, this passage could feel like a bunch of do's and don'ts. Oh, well, if I love life, then I do these things. If I don't love life, then I do these things. If I really want to love life, then I won't do those things. Like, that can be what we read. And if we do that, we're missing the point. And so we have to be cautious. Uh, even, when, even when we're reading scripture, we have to be cautious to say, where is, where is this coming from? What is really being said here? And this is one of those times. What I'm talking about is the difference in behavior modification and spiritual transformation. Let me talk about those for a moment. 
behavior modification versus spiritual transformation. I'm going to identify a few differences. There, there are more, but these are some, some big differences that immediately come to mind. And by the way, this happens often in churches. When we hear the do's and don'ts of Christianity, oftentimes we think, well, I just have to do these things. And that's a problem. It's a problem when it's being motivated from the flesh. Some of you are very gifted, and some of you are very disciplined in and of yourselves, and you, like, you, you can walk in the flesh, and it looks pretty good. But that's not what God has called us to. It's, it is a spiritual journey that we're on, and that's why this is so important. And then when we look at this passage, like I said, it's going to be very easy for us to think that it's just do's and don'ts, but it's not. Let's look at these. The difference between behavior modification and spiritual transformation, firstly, it's self-generated. Behavior modification is self-generated. I can, I choose, I will. Self. Well, I'm, I'm not going to uh, lie to you. I'll, I'll just tell the truth, and we'll get into maybe some motivations in a moment. But uh, it's all actualized by ourselves. Verse, being spirit-powered. I love those places where, where we, we get beyond ourselves. I love how God cha- challenges us and transforms us. It's one of the reasons I love cross-cultural ministry trips. It's one of the reasons I love to see people serving in ministries because we find our boundaries really quick. Like, I could do this all day long, but you're asking for this, and I can't do what you're asking. Yeah, exactly. But God can. And if God's calling us, let's lean into him and see what he does. It's spirit-powered. It's like, it's like plugging our phones into the wall, right? Like they, they have unending juice. Well, where does that juice come from? And, and it's like that for us. Where do we get that, that ability? It comes from God by being plugged into him. It's spirit-powered. Behavior modification is often reward or punishment-based, meaning... I will do this thing because I'm going to get something in return or I'm not going to get something in return. Um, I am willing to do this because it's just easier than having to deal with mom or dad or my spouse or people at the church or like that's the flesh. But aligning with God's plan is spiritual transformation. You know what? I don't, I don't feel like being nice today. I don't feel like loving others today. It was negative 20 when I woke up. Man, that was cold. That was, I, I don't know if you noticed, I don't have hair. And, and, and so it's colder. <laughs> there's, there's less protection from it. It's easy to get in that moment. And like, Ugh. Cindy said something to me a long time ago, which, by the way, I've found, ladies, you can confirm this with an amen if you believe this to be true, but I've found that uh, our wives sound a lot like the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, yeah. amen? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's true. I was complaining about the weather uh, a while back, and Cindy goes, you know, Kenny, I was thinking about your complaint, and if you keep complaining every time it's cold, you're going to complain half of your life away. And I, Thank you, Jesus, for that. And 
But it's true, isn't it? Like, here it is. Am I going to align with God's plan and be joyful always, or am I going to complain just because I have an opportunity to complain? Uh, it's reward and punishment. Oh, man, I, I feel like maybe people can relate to me if I talk about how cold it is. Reward, punishment. Uh, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength, and I'm called to follow Jesus and to be joyful even when I don't feel like it. It's different. Am I plugged into the Lord? Unhealthy fear versus unashamed love. Unhealthy fear. You know, I see this a lot in forgiveness, and this is just one of the, the places that that happens. Sometimes we have this idea in forgiveness that we have some sort of uh, stronghold. Like if I don't forgive this person, then, uh, then I'm not justifying their their situation or, or their response. So, in other words, if I forgive them, then somehow I'm saying what they did was okay. Well, that's, that's unhealthy fear. That, that's not biblical truth. And it's not ashamed love. Like, can we be ready with this forgiveness that we've received from God to give to others? It doesn't mean you have to trust them. It doesn't mean that everything is okay again and you forget it. I think that's a lie that Satan has spoken to us, but, but what it does mean is that I can forgive. You don't owe me anything. We don't have to talk about this again. I'm not bringing it up. It is at the cross of Calvary. It's done, forgiven, taken care of. God bless you. Like, that's, that's this, spiritual transformation, not behavior modification. So, it's important for us to understand that as we jump into this passage I'm going to read this a couple of times for you. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So, in other words, what I'm, what I'm getting at is we don't lean on the flesh because we have access to the Holy Spirit to live out a spiritual transformed life or transforming life. If I was going to uh, read this in the South, we might say it a little bit different because the yous here are second person plural. So it might sound like this. Do all y'all know, not know that all y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in all y'all? Second person plural, everybody. Individually, corporately. Here's the idea. We have access to the Holy Spirit to live out a godly life. That's what this passage is going to teach us. It's where it's going to direct us. If we're in a place that we're saying, you know, it's just been about doing the right things the right way and it's not that hard, it's not rocket science, I just, I, I just have to endure it, then we may be dealing with behavior modification. So how do we get there? How do we get to that place where the spirit in us is at work and driving and transforming us? I, I love the way that Romans 1.16, I know it says 18 on there. I missed that on my slide. I apologize. It's actually Romans 1.16 that says this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love the, the word power there. It has this idea of dynamite. It just explodes obstacles in the way. In Wyoming, where we came from, there's a, a, a mountain pass. Was, you couldn't get around it, couldn't go through it. But what they did is they started dynamiting it. And they developed 
um, a clear shot through this obstacle. Saved a lot of lives, protected a lot of people, and allowed for travel to go through. That's this gospel. It has the power to explode these obstacles. Like, what is in the way that the gospel can't uh, address? Nothing. Nothing is in the way. So let's talk about it. How do we have access to this Holy Spirit? How do we have access to this Holy Spirit? Uh, a couple of things just before I dig into this, because I, I think this is important. Here's, here's thing one. Uh, there'll be some training soon on how to share your faith. Stagger Ministries is going to be here. I want to encourage you to sign up for that. Such a great thing to know. How do I, how do I share my faith in my world uh, with the people that God has put around me? How do I do that? And then also, um, there are some amazing ministries here at Friendship. Uh, I love what God is doing. One, of the, one unique one is acts of friendship. Love acts of friendship. They do all kinds of things. They build porches. They um, uh, help people move if they need to move. I, I heard that they, if, if somebody needs a haircut, they can even do that. And I said, Dave, talk to me. I give haircuts. I mean, clearly. So uh, I, I have some razors that are sharp and ready to go if you need a haircut. But one of the pieces that they address that I, I, I love is it's not just... It's not just building a deck. It's not just um, uh, helping them move. They share the gospel every time. Every time, with every person that goes through that ministry, uh, they get these kind of things out, and they have this tool, uh, the Bible, and you can see that, there's, uh, that it's tabbed, so you can go to some specific passages, which we'll identify in a minute, and then uh, there's a wristband on there as well, and they just walk through the gospel. And you might be thinking, I, I've never done that. Well, in just a moment, I'm going to show you how to do that. Uh, or you might be thinking, well, I always use the Romans Road or I use Evangelism Explosion. That's great. If you have a method that works for you, that works in your mind, that you can use relationally, I encourage you to do that. If you don't, consider using what Acts of Friendship uses. I, I think it's a phenomenal tool and, and super helpful. So how do I make sure that I have the Holy Spirit indwelling in me? Thank you for asking. Let's go through the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's only the good news if there's bad news, and there is bad news, and it starts here. It's Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I've sinned, you've sinned, everybody has sinned here. Pastors sin, I'm thinking of Matt right now, and I'm just kidding, everybody sins, but it's true, everyone has sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're on the same playing field, and it's not a good one. Romans 3, 6, 23, uh, the first part of it says, the wages of sin is death. That means that every time you and I sin, we get paid. And what we get paid in is death. Now, the death that's being spoken of here is separation from God. So as you and I choose sin over faith, then we're separated from God. Uh, biblically speaking, it's like a, uh, a marksman, a target, right? And it just means to miss the mark, to miss the target. Here's what we're shooting for, but we landed over here, and we've all done it, and when we do it, we're separated from God. But there is some good news, and we're getting there. Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that. Like, Jesus didn't wait for me to get on, to get on board, right? He's like, I got this. 
I'm ahead of the game. I am taking care of this for you. I remember um, my dad, I shared the gospel with him for over seven years before he received Christ as a savior. And one of the things that he kept tripping up on is, I, I gotta get right with God first. I'm like, how are you gonna do that, dad? Well, I just gotta get my stuff together. I, I gotta be better, I gotta be kinder. I gotta be, look, you can't do that, dad. Jesus already took care of it. Would you catch on to listen to this word, dad? God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Christ died for us. And that takes faith to receive. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. You and I, we don't earn our salvation. We can't get there because of who we are, how much money we have, what type of job we have, what church we go to, how many times we've been water baptized or sprinkle baptized or immersed or if we did it in the Jordan over in Israel or if we did it out in the lake when it was winter. That does, like, it doesn't matter. That doesn't get us there. This is the work of God and it's our coming to faith and trust in him. It's a big deal. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it this way, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's one of the reasons that we, that we often will do what's called the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer, that's not what saves you. It's trusting Jesus. But it is one of those moments in time where you say, I know that I know that I know that I received Jesus as my Savior. I remember the day, the moment that I called on him. November 3rd, 1991 in southern Indiana, uh, there was a gospel presentation you're a sinner, you need their savior. I, you don't have to convince me. Jesus saved you. Would you be willing to receive him as your savior? I'm in. I came forward and, and said a prayer. The prayer didn't save me, but that step of faith, trust in Jesus did. And in that moment, I received a gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. And that gift of the Holy Spirit is a down payment on something that is about to happen in the future when God calls us home. Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Have you received that gift? I love that in 623. The wages of sin is death. That's the first part. Then it goes on to say this. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If this is, if this is the gift, when is it yours? When you take it, right? Like I can say, uh, Nathan Miller is right here in the front row Nathan, brother, I love you, and I'm not picking on you. But I am saying, if, if I said, Nathan, this is your gift. It's yours. He'd go, that's great that you have my gift. That's great that you're holding my gift. But when does Nathan get it? When he receives it. When he takes it. That's his gift. Yeah, that's your gift, too. You can just, yeah, you're welcome. Um, but seriously, is that where you're at? Have you received this gift of Jesus as your Savior? Or are you still on this behavior modification? Christianity doesn't work in that place. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, there is life, and it's good. So I'm asking you, how's your love life? If we talk about desiring life and we talk about it without the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives transforming us and directing us, we're missing the mark. How's your love life? Do you really love life? Just kind of getting through. 
We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 8. And as we go, I, I just want to give this comment on this passage as we go in. This passage makes sense and is attainable when we recognize God's work. This is God's work that we're going to be talking about, not ours, God's. In us and not a self-generated behavior that we attempt. If we think that we can do it in and of ourselves, we miss the point. And very frankly, we, we miss uh, history of the church that has gone before us. And in many ways, we're turning our back on what God has done in the history of the church before us. So we need to be careful. This is serious and it's big. It's First Peter chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 8. And again, this is coming off the heels of surrendering to authority, being subject to authority. It, it's spiritual. It's not in the flesh. We can't do it in the flesh. Like, I can, I can do the things, but my heart can still be bad. Walking in the Spirit, my spirit can be transformed and I can do the things and my, and my heart can be good. That's where we want to be. Verse 8, finally, all of you have unity of mind. I, I love this because it has, it's, it's like a unimind. That would, that would be one of the ways that you could say it in Greek. It's like literally one, one brain. Uh, well, it's not my brain and it's not your brain, uh, it's Jesus. Your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but gave himself in obedience to death, even death on the cross. Philippians chapter two, it's that mindset that we share uniformly. Ah, we come at it from different perspectives for sure. We have different personalities, absolutely. But our mind is the same. For Christ's sake, I will. For Christ's sake, I will. Whoever does, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Yeah, I'm just so excited. Unity of mind. Sympathy. Like we care for one another. We don't get hard-hearted towards one another. Brotherly love, connected as if you were my blood brother, maybe even closer. And then this one, a tender heart. Some commentators believe that it's very probable that Peter is referring to some Old Testament imagery in a couple of different places, as we'll learn in a moment. But in this particular uh, quote or this comment that, that Peter gives, he could be referring to Ezekiel chapter 11 where Ezekiel is telling them you have to be, you get to be, God is going to make you of one heart. He's going to give you a new spirit. He's going to remove your heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, tenderhearted. Are we tenderhearted? It's a good question because behavior modification can address it, but spiritual transformation does. Verse 9, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. I, I, I love that. Like that's, this is the essence of who the church is. 
We bless, and we're blessed, and we're of one mind, and we're sympathetic towards one another. We care about who each other are and how, what's happening. We love one another as if we were blood-related. We have tender hearts because our hearts have been transformed by the work of God. In this next section, Peter is going to shift a little bit, and he's going to quote uh, Psalm chapter 34. It's a great psalm. Most commentators agree that David wrote that psalm after an incident that he had way back in 1 Samuel chapter 21. In 1 Samuel chapter 21, David is running from Saul. He's trying to get some distance from Saul. Saul wants to kill him. And he ends up in this place called Gath. You may be familiar with Gath because that's where Goliath was from. And he ends up in Gath, and it's like he kind of wants to slide under the radar in Gath, but he's identified and taken to the king. Remember, these Philistines, David routed years, I mean, a decade or more, uh, a little more than that, uh, a little less than that earlier. So David has routed these Philistines that this guy is the king of these people, and he goes in front of them. And what does David do? You guys, he acts crazy, like literally insane. That's how he acts. That's how, that's how he's described in the scriptures. And, and the king is like, this guy's nuts. Get him out of here. And uh, spares his life. And David writes about that and writes about God's work kind of despite that and in that situation and how God saved and how, how God was at work when his king is chasing him and he's thrown in the presence of another king when he's mercifully let go he writes about it and Peter quotes it because from Peter's perspective the church gets this your people are chasing you away and the world is against you in this place and you you need to be reminded of where David went and you need to be reminded of who you are and the work of God verse 10 for whoever desires to love life and see good days let him keep his tongue from evil anybody good at that <laughs> Me neither. This is a hard one. That's why behavior modification is just, okay, shut up. I'm thinking it. Oh, if you knew what I was thinking, you'd laugh so hard because it's funny. Like, that, that's what we think here in behavior modification. But in the, the spiritual transformation side, it's like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Man, I, I have something else in mind here. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Again, I think that's a great reminder of this spiritual transformation to seek peace. Like I, We don't do that in and of ourselves. We might seek our kingdom. We might seek our will. We might seek to not be punished. But to seek peace, godly kind of peace, that comes from heaven. That is a challenge from God a motivation from him and him alone, the prince of peace who calls us to pursue it. Verse 12, 
For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The worship team is going to come here in just a few moments. And just even as they're, as they're coming, I, I, I want you to consider this. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So many times we want to step in there and tell them. I'm just going to let them know. You need to know at least what I'm thinking. No, that's God's business. And God has it under control. And vengeance is his, the scripture reminds us. It's not ours. And so God is at work, even in that place. And Peter let the church know that. And the church, I just want to tell you that the church during this time was small in number and small in stature. And they grew and they transformed the world around them. And that empire that came to impose their will, God used to go in and transform the empire and the world around them. Just a few people who are willing to trust God. This isn't behavior modification. This is spiritual transformation. Have I received Jesus as my Savior? Because without receiving Jesus as your Savior, without that gift, there is no spiritual transformation. It doesn't happen. And then, am I relying on God to do his work in me? Or am I rejecting him? Am I fighting against it? If so, that's idolatry. And we need to repent of that. The worship team is going to come and they're, they're going to lead us in a song in a moment. And um, as they're leading, the, the, um, uh, the team's going to come for offering uh, during that time. And, and I really want to encourage you to think of this as a time of offering. If you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, today is the day. Let that happen. We're going to have prayer ministers over here at the end of the service. Go talk to one of the prayer ministers. Pull me off to the side. Talk to Pastor Nathan. Let, do that. Or maybe you're in a place of like, I, I just want God's work. I, I, want him, I don't want him to be finished in me. I, I, need, I need this, what you're talking about today. And so maybe it's just a release. Offer this to God. Offer this to God at this time as, uh, as the ushers come. Let me, let me close this time with prayer, in prayer. Jesus, we do love you, and we thank you. And I, I, I pray for us. This is, this is hard. This isn't easy at all. And, and um, you know, when we're asking uh, these difficult questions, we, we want to make sure that we're doing it uh, in the context of the way you meant it. And one of the things you called us to uh, is spiritual transformation and this this growth, this process. Lord, don't let us miss this. Don't let us forget this. Don't let us walk in our ways, but in yours. We love you, Lord. and Be exalted here today. And it's in Jesus Christ's precious and holy, holy, holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.